This podcast is being recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and acknowledge their ongoing connections to land, waters, and culture. Colonization and genocide are still happening today. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back to Ospol Snackpod, the podcast with cheesy puns. That's right, it's the podcast where we take you through the week in Australian news and politics and occasionally talk about a meme or two. My name is Zach the Snack, with me as always is my co-host. It's me, Noon. And uh, I forgot to mention we're also the official uh, podcast of the Ospol Shitposting Facebook group, which you should go and check out if you like Ospol and shitposting. Uh, something else you could check out is our Patreon, where people give us money for doing the show. We appreciate it very much. It helps us keep everything running. We got a few new patrons over the last couple weeks. We did. Thank you. Big, big, amazing, huge shout out to T, who signed up at our shadowy financier tier, which is... They're uh, pulling the strings in the background. Yeah. And unlike our other shadowy financiers, we don't even know who they are. So we could be, you know, shilling for Big Magma even as we speak. Um... I mean, that's the you whole just point of the show. We finance a tier. We take exactly. the money. We tell us. We tell our listeners exactly what you want us to tell them. No questions. Thank you also to Effie, Marcus, Vote One, Greams, and I wonder how long Patreon will let a name be. Oh gosh, this is getting really long, and I think this bit is getting old. Vote Greams. Uh, is it? No relation. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and before we get onto the news, I also just wanted to say, you know, it's election season, as we will talk about. But uh, in the past, Ospol Shitposting has hosted election drinks in Nam, aka Melbourne, but I am not going to do that this year. But there is going to be an online watch party, uh, probably on like Zoom or Discord or something, uh, being organized by long-term listener, friend, confidant, member of our Sanctum, Robs. Um, so Shout if out. you want to like hang out with people and talk about the election while it happens, yeah, you'll be able to do that. You bet. Speaking of which... Election is generally not that funny. There's too much politics going on at the moment. Don't blame me. I voted for Kodos. Go! Thanks again, go to listener Aiden for that sting. Yeah, excellent. Um, yes, we've got a little election section roundup because it's the only news. It, hence the hence the title. We didn't. There's just like not a huge amount. Other news, it's, it's all just a bunch bullshit of bullshit election drama, <laughs> clown car garbage. Yeah, so we're gonna get a couple of the clowns out of that car for you now. Starting with the 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 ringleaders of this extended metaphor circus, uh, <laughs> Morrison and Albanese had a debate uh, on Wednesday this week. Generous on... use of the term, but that was what the event was billed at, yeah. And it was on Sky News, which of course is owned by News Corp slash Murdoch, uh, and uh, therefore is also, you have to pay to see it. So not that many people watched it compared to debates on free-to-air, but it is, I think, the biggest televised debate on pay channels in Australia. <laughs> so, sure. Um, and I also have the Guinness World Record for the longest amount of time sitting on my chair. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Probably correlated with GDP. Anyway, um, <laughs> the gimmick for this debate was that the audience were 100 undecided voters and they were asked that questions that hadn't been heavily pre-vetted, at least. Um, and then at the end, they asked everyone what they thought and it was like roughly a third each 
for each of the candidates and undecided. It was mm. a bit more to undecide. Whatever. Yeah. And I think we're likely to see this sort of format of debate catching on because it's major West Wing bait. Mm. Um, but some of the things that got discussed, the Chinese security deal with the Solomon Islands, uh, which the Morrison government sent uh, apparently completely incompetent negotiator Zed Seselja, who's the, the Minister for the Pacific. Um, but uh, anyway, that led to Morrison saying Albanese was taking China's side, which a lot of people have been rah rah rahing about. They talked about federal anti-corruption bodies, and they talked about the NDIS, which is also uh, a big one that's sort of been in the public debatosphere. Um, Morrison made a relatively shitty remark about disability. He said, me and my wife are blessed to have children who don't have disabilities or something along those lines, not an exact quote. And it's pretty clear he was trying to say something along the lines of, this isn't something I've had to deal with personally, but of course I care about it or whatever. But um, obviously he's a, a ghoulish monster, so that's not really how it came across. Mm -hmm. And there's a classic Freudian slip where he said less than he wanted to, but more than he intended. Um, uh, What's in the opposite life? of a Freudian slip where you deliberately insert Freud into situations. A, a Freudian stuff? <laughs> Stuffing it in there? Freudian jam? Yeah. Um, but I think what's more interesting and important than that is that he didn't answer the question that had been asked. Uh, and this is from news.com, unfortunately. But uh, Catherine Yeoman criticized his comments but said that she was more concerned Scott Morrison had failed to address her concerns about NDIS funding cuts. The Brisbane woman whose four-year-old son, Ethan, has autism, asked Mr. Morrison about issues with the NDIS during a leaders' debate. Ms. Yeoman said she was grateful to receive NDIS funding, but her son's support package had been cut by 30%. So, and she was like, yeah, so what's up with this terrible thing? Like, why would you do that? And he was like, well, obviously, I'm blessed to have not disabled kids, but also we're cutting funding like he didn't say the thing about cutting funding but like he just like narrowly avoided that with a you know i i don't give him as, enough credit to say this was a deliberate dead cat strategy i think he's just a bad person and mm. the media are all shallow so yes the culmination being that everyone's outraged about this instead of the funding cuts to the ndis yeah this is a pattern that we will see repeated many times in many different ways over yeah. the coming weeks it's pretty bad and speaking of bad stuff, Ooh. Um, just to be uh, as fair and balanced as we can be, you Bipartisan. did just criticize Scott Morrison. Yes. So I don't know. I, I wanted to shit on the Labour Party a little bit just because, you know, they suck really, really bad and Quite people badly, shouldn't yes. vote for them either. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, just to, like really doubling down on the we promise that we are just the coalition uh, rhetoric this week. Here's a quote from Albanese. If coal mines stack up environmentally and then commercially, which is the decision for companies, then they get approved. Mm -hmm. Labor would welcome mm -hmm. any jobs that would be created from that. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Coal mines that stack up environmentally. Yeah, cool. And commercially. Famously. A viable yes, investment Yes, in right both now. ways. Yes. Uh, here's another quote. This is from the Australian Labor Party official Twitter account. Let's be clear. If you attempt to come to Australia by boat, you will not make it. Mm. Labour supports Operation Sovereign Borders, offshore processing, regional resettlement, and boat turnbacks where safe to do so. But for years, Labour has warned Mr. Morrison has put border protection on set-and-forget mode. 
And Scott Morrison, what about the drones and underwater sensors that Peter Dutton said were, quote, Ugh. critical to maintaining secure borders? We're sure you remember. After all, it was you who shelved and defunded these in 2019, just before the election. Wow. Man, that sucks real bad. It's really, really bad. Not just the, like... Don't worry, we absolutely agree with and will continue to enforce the Liberal Party's fascist border policies, which, you know, obviously Labour was um, heavily involved in the creation of those in the first place, but whatever. But, but then this, we're like... going to reboot this new technology for being... Wait, where war, are our like, drones? Where are our underwater sensors? Like, what the fuck are you doing? So, yeah, anyway. forget, I'm going to be out on that boat personally, <laughs> turning back... I'm going to be yep. out there with an AK, and that is the Albanese promise. Let's, you know, the Labour Party is not an opposition. They're not, they're not opposed to right, environmental right. destruction for profit. They're not against politicised racism and torture. Uh, I just wanted to make that point. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another exciting Albo-related story that I'm sure everyone, uh, you know, it's deeply important. He, he got Dabib. You this know, is the, not the Kobib. It's not. It's. I don't think this is the, the thing. The Kobib nineteen. I need. I. I don't know if you are going to make Al-bomp. this happen. Albump got it, Zach. He got. He got to bib. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole story. Yeah. He's so what's, what's the outcome of that? He's he's isolating f- for a week. Uh-huh. So he's going to be doing more radio interviews and whatever zoom appearances or whatever while he's at home and there are other labor ministers gonna be like kissing hands and shaking babies on his behalf mm-hmm. at, like with the punters that's the whole that's it there's no maybe some of them will get covered too yeah also the media are gonna be like it's labor's worst nightmare <laughs> um and they're like they plan for this extensively but it's still it's, i mean bad. as far as nightmares go it's still a pretty bad one yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it's kind of almost <laughs> fucking guaranteed that right, you right. would get COVID traveling around the country, literally shaking hands and kissing as many people as you possibly can in a four week mm-hmm. period. Like, <laughs> yep. Uh, anyway, oh, well. here's our <laughs> final bit of election news. This one's a little deeper. You might have heard some rumblings in the media this week about someone called Catherine Deves uh, because Mm -hmm. she is in a little bit of hot water. She is the Liberal candidate for Warringah, which is Tony Mm -hmm. Abbott's old seat. uh, Famously the birthplace of the Free Street Library. Yes, exactly. Uh, Yeah, it's kind of like a rich person seat, sort of in the the north-ish of Sydney. Um, It's now held by independent... Zali Stegel, who is, like Catherine Deves, also a graduate from the University of Sydney Law School. So, cool. <laughs> um, congratulations, I guess. Um, they did a very funny social media post where they had, like, both of their faces and they were like, may the best lawyer win or something. Um, oh. Like, posted from the UCID Law School <laughs> Facebook page. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that uh, sucks so bad. <laughs> you are a, a bad person, Factory. Um, <laughs> Catherine Deves is the head of Save Women's Sport Australasia. In other words... Oh, it's she's, international. <laughs> yes, yes. She's a full-time professional transphobe with basically no other qualifications aside from being a lawyer. Uh, and she only recently, like, became a lawyer. <laughs> it's just so- <laughs> 
<laughs> I was reading about this story and I was like, damn, this this Catherine Dave's character seems familiar. And then I realized yeah. that I had already done like a 40 minute deep dive segment uh, discussing her vicious fascist tendencies uh, in a previous oh, episode. Um, listeners, if you want to go back and revisit that uh, episode 108, Cheese and Crankies, um, I've not to toot my own horn, but I listened back to it. and I was like, this is pretty convincing. I think <laughs> I feel comfortable calling her a fascist now. But yeah, in brief, she promoted fascist propagandists. Uh, she promoted uh, known anti-Semites with links to actual Nazis. She shared footage of police violence against protesters being like, I love this police violence and I would like to see more of this police violence. Um, this is all coming from her Twitter where she was very prolific, which I imagine that she probably now wishes that she wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is what's getting her and the libs into trouble. Uh, so pretty much every major news outlet in the country, uh, like ABC, Guardian, uh, news.com.au, um, the Fairfax, Nine Facts Papers, uh, Crikey, have all done their own stories on mm -hmm. Catherine Deves' horrible transphobic tweets, but they all focus on different tweets, which wow. is so impressive. Normally when this happens, it's like, there's one bad tweet that someone does, and that does the rounds. Right. Her Twitter is in a fucking bottomless pit of hateful content which like yeah like there are so many <laughs> like research interns across australian media just scrolling through it being like fuck i got enough for a story here um they're really really bad like it's not just run-of-the-mill transphobia it's like many many comparisons of like trans visibility to the holocaust mm -hmm. um which is she's like i didn't no 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 i didn't it's not i'm saying that trans people are nazis i'm just comparing transphobes to the french resistance and people who support trans people to nazi collaborators totally different thing sure sure catherine yeah oh um yeah okay good other cool stuff like uh trans kids are the new stolen generation um suggesting a link between cross-dressing and being a murderer like you know all round that's bad yeah like it's just real like i just want to stress it's really very very bad stuff um and i did mention before that one of the outlets doing a bit of reporting on this mm. is crikey and that story that i did uh you know back in episode 108 about Dee's was all about a piece that she had published in crikey right um because obviously her whole thing is being trans, like her, you know, her transphobic smokescreen issue is trans women in women's sport. And which is, you know, as we all know, it's a garbage topic. It's like, you know, it's fucking meaningless. It's just built on a bunch of bad information and horrible bigotry. There's nothing to really be discussed there. But uh, Crikey published an article by her uh, all about how trans women should be banned from sport, essentially. Uh, and yeah, none of the stuff that they're publishing now being like, damn, this lady's a horrible transphobe mentions the fact that they published her last year and that the piece is still up on their website. Uh -huh. But yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> a little bit of um, cleaning house could possibly be done there. But yeah, so like a lot of noise is being made about her gross comments. Several people in the Liberal Party have publicly called for her to be disendorsed. The one person who has been very firm in standing by her is Scott Morrison, mm -hmm. uh, which makes sense because he picked her for the seat also because um, he's super conservative and religious 
also that. So, you know, there's been this whole uh, debacle going on with the New South Wales Liberals pre-selections thing, yep. the federal branch uh, interfering, basically Morrison uni- using one of his cronies, Alex Hawke, to, like, delay and fuck up the pre-selection process until they got to the point where it was like, God, we just need to do something. And so they put together a special pre-selection committee consisting of Scott Morrison, Dominic Perrottet, and some other liberal executive from the New South Wales branch. Uh-huh. And basically enabling Scott Morrison to just handpick a bunch of uh, candidates against the wishes of the local branch members. Liberal party. Yeah. yeah. Very, very democratic stuff. Oh, yeah. We're all about, mm-hmm. we're the party of free choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, my free choice, of course, uh, not yours. Um, and uh, Makes me think of a classic Terry Pratchett joke about the like dictator of the city is like he he believed firmly in democracy one man one vote he was the man he had his the vote. was the vote yeah yeah, yeah exactly um <laughs> very yes very much that vibe so yeah Catherine Deeds is one of Morrison's hand-picked candidates the other funny thing about her being pre-selected is that he, they had to break party regulations in order to pre-select her Perfect. because the rules say that you have to have been a member of the Liberal Party for six months mm-hmm. before being mm-hmm. a candidate, which Catherine Dees was not. Uh, Premium. So yeah, Morrison, ba- Morrison goes against the wishes of the local branch and he breaks party rules in order to pre-select a candidate with no political experience purely based on the fact that she is a horrible, horrible vicious fucking transphobe because he reckons that it's something that he can use to wedge labor what has happened instead is that it's blown the fuck up in his face and now many in his own party are publicly calling for Catherine Deves to be disendorsed including the treasurer of new south wales and also uh trent zimmerman uh who crossed the floor on Mm -hmm. um the uh on the government's transphobic schools bill that we talked about on a previous episode uh, and basically it's just completely backfired on Morrison, except he did also get what he wanted in the sense that he made, right. like, should trans people allowed to be alive and have rights, like a major point of discussion in the first week mm-hmm. of the election campaign. So he, like, managed to do the grinding into the dirt of a minority community while also not getting any political... <laughs> success from it which i think is kind of the most scott morrison thing that you can picture you yeah know? that's impressive yeah, yeah. he kind of he fucked up and also made the world a lot worse at the same time uh the cutoff date for disendorsing candidates and not having them on the ballot paper was uh thursday that's passed so she's definitely going to be technically running right whether or not you know, she runs, runs is another question. She's kind of being hidden away from the media. She was literally hiding at a garage from the media at one point, which is pretty Yeah, funny. <laughs> and haven't they, like, banned her from talking publicly? The, the, yeah, the Australian Financial Review, like, quoted an anonymous liberal source saying that she had been told, you can't talk to anybody, uh, which was pretty funny because, it was, like, they in the article, it was right, quoting right. Scott Morrison being like, I think people are sick and tired of being silenced. And then the next line was like, we couldn't reach Dees for comment. <laughs> An insider told us she'd be told to shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Which I credit, yeah. you know, that's a very bro- broken clock areas for the um, Australian <laughs> Financial Review. Yeah, so anyway, this fucking is horrible and sucks because the Australian media is completely, not just like ill-equipped to handle the discussion around trans visibility and trans rights but like you know they're actively fucking harmful and yeah. just the way that you know 
we discuss Crikey, but not just them, but also the age, like getting online and publishing these opinion pieces like butter wouldn't fucking melt in their mouth about how mm -hmm. disgusting these comments are and this woman needs to be disendorsed. Like the call is coming from inside the house, you fucking ghouls. Unbelievable, right. horribly so. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. The thing you said about like he's managed to like have this impact with no political gain for it. And it's like quite similar to the pre-selection situation in general where there are like, New South Wales Liberal members being like, I'm not going to vote for the Liberals for this election because of this. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't know. Uh, one can only hope that translates into election results, I guess. But yeah, the cynic in me assumes it won't. Look, uh, I think that's a, a sensible position to hold, Noon. <laughs> I would like it if this thing happened, but I'm going to expect nothing good from Australian politicians or media. Yes. Speaking of which... Fashy Australia. Mm. If you think the Liberals endorsing a pretty outwardly fascist candidate was the most fascist thing that happened in Australian <laughs> politics and news this week... Welcome well, to our <laughs> most fashy things. Welcome to the show. Um, it's a comedy news show. So you might have heard of Todd Sampson... He's a marketing CEO. I, slash... I legitimately hadn't before now. Really? So, yeah. I'm surprised that you weren't a Gruen head back in like 2008. I don't I... know when the show started, but I'm assuming around there. Yeah. Yep. No. There you go. Well, Todd Sampson Noon is a yeah. marketing CEO slash television personality. He's known, I think, most widely for being the cool marketing guy on the Gruen transfer as opposed to the like conservative fuckhead marketing guy right um but uh just you wait <laughs> yeah whether or not that line is uh, as distinct as it once appeared is another question so Todd Sanson yep. um is making a documentary about radicalization and social media hot topic yeah and we're all in luck because it turns out that he's the guy who has finally figured out how to defeat fascists in the marketplace of ideas. Which oh, is shit. a very exciting development. With polite debate? Well, we'll have to wait until it comes out. Um, because <laughs> See, how polite it is and how debate it is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, look, you know, we're still, we're still waiting as uh, the rest of Australia is with bated breath for this new documentary series from Todd Sampson. But this week, some photos were published on Telegram. Mm -hmm. by Australia's two most prominent shitbag Nazi assholes, cowards mm -hmm. Blair Cottrell and, and Tom Sewell. One of those pictures is of Tom Sewell being interviewed for Samson's docker, and the other photo is of Samson posing with Blair Cottrell, both of them wearing shit-eating grins. Mm -hmm. And uh, Sewell is also in the background of that photo. Uh, like two... walking by in this, like, yeah. highly staged, casual... They were having a little Nazi hangout, is very, like, the a vibe. Tater, tater, tater. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so this caught the attention, as you might imagine, of various anti-fascist researchers who had been contacted by Samson and his producer, Rebecca Letourneau, who works for Channel 7 now. Um, she used to present and produce for 60 Minutes. Uh, she got fired a little while ago for being a loose unit. Um, uh, <laughs> any more info on the loose unit situation? Um, there was a drink driving charge, right. uh, which apparently, like, the cop on the scene, like, she was pulled over for driving a, uh, an unregistered vehicle. 
Okay. And then the cop. That's harder than drink driving. But go on. <laughs> and yeah. then she, the the, uh, the the cop in question walked over to the car. She wound the window down, and the cop was like, "Yeah, the car smelled really, really strongly of perfume." So um, I breathalyzed her. <laughs> um, yeah, there was also an incident involving uh, first class Qantas flight and sleeping pills which was like very, very vaguely described in the media. The, the sentence that I read was, she revealed too much of herself uh, to fellow passengers, which I don't, uh, okay. like I genuinely don't know what that means and the article didn't clarify at all. Um, sure. But she was, on, you know, she was on some loose unit shit. Anyway, she's now collaborating with um, noted cool guy Todd Sampson on this documentary. So let's turn over uh, uh, and the producers of this show uh, basically reached out to, among others, friend of the show Tom Tanneke and anti-fascist research collective the White Rose Society, essentially yep. asking for background information on Australian fascists. So the producers mentioned to these people that they wanted, wanted to talk to reformed ex-fascists. And Tom, being the you know very diligent, uh, cool, excellent, beautiful, handsome boy that he is, asked for some more info about that, checking whether they were planning to talk to current white supremacists because... Mm -hmm that would not be a project that he would want to be involved in, if so. Right. And then, yes, these photos came out and it became obvious that... Did they that say they weren't? I think before that they even responded, these photos came out and then I it see. became obvious that from the get-go, the producers had already been talking to current actual active neo-Nazis and interviewing them for the show and posing for chummy little pickies yep. with them. Yep. Uh, yes, pretty honest... Uh, behavior, you know, shows a lot of integrity on the part of Samson mm -hmm. and, and Latino mm -hmm. bodes very well for the effectiveness, I think, of their little TV show. Absolute yep. clown shit would be another mm -hmm. way to describe mm -hmm. it. Um, just real quick, you do not platform fascists. They will lie to you. They will recruit off your content. Yeah. You are not capable of responsibly dealing with them. You are not the people for this job. This is clown shit. Um, yeah, I look. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and, and one amongst many regular reminders that this country's media and political class have done zero reckoning with the fact that we have produced one of history's worst fucking white supremacist murderers, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know, demonstrates no understanding of the media's responsibility, not just for Brenton Tarrant, but the broader spread of white supremacy in Australia. It's just like, yep. What fucking planet are you living on, you... Yeah, well... well this seems like a good idea. Just, yeah. yeah, yeah, anyway. I'm going to finish off here um, <laughs> with a quote from The Age, uh, which quoted a couple of Tom's tweets, which I thought was very funny. Uh, one day I would like my comedy tweets to <laughs> be quoted in The Age, but, uh, you know, baby steps. Think you Louis Theroux, mate, he added, referring to the English documentary maker Louis Theroux who frequently penetrates extreme sex, cults, and political groups in his work. Quote, God give me strength. I, I was very confused reading this because it says Louis Sick Thoreau, <laughs> yeah. and then it says referring to the English documentary maker Louis Thoreau, and they're like spelt differently, but I thought, I didn't realize this was a tweet. I thought it was out loud, and I was trying to figure out how the age had decided <laughs> that they had mispronounced... <laughs> Like, Luaye! <laughs> or whatever, but that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. Mm, mm, mm. Yes, yep. it's tweets. It, it's, it's tweets. It's tweets, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, that'll do it, I think, for Fashy Australia. Now, let's move on to... Positivity. 
Yeah, so this is a pause corner and also our First Nations story, which is nice, but also as people have listened to more than one episode of our show before know, our positivity corner is often quite upsetting and full of bad stuff as well. So I am going to give a content warning because um, I'm going to talk about the massacre of Indigenous people in this story, but we'll put time codes in the show notes. And if you don't want to listen to that, you can skip past it. So the good news is that 13.5 hectares of land have been handed over to the Gawala Aboriginal Trust, who represent the Dharambal people. Um, Dharambal land is in so-called Queensland near Rockhampton. Um, and so this is an expansion of about 10% to the 130-ish hectares that are already administered by Gawala. And in this additional 10% is the foot of Gai, a mountain um, that was called by, like, colonialists Mount Wheeler, where several massacres of Dharambal people took place. Mm. Um, so in 2007, 137 hectares were given back to the Dharambal people. And then in 2018, the mountain was officially, like, governmentally renamed to Gai, G-A-I-I, mm. uh, which is, yeah, the actual Dharambal name for the mountain. And... Yeah, now this additional massacre site location has also been handed back to the traditional owners. And so I wanted to look into the history of the site, and unsurprisingly, it's extremely sad. Um, and it's ambiguous. Uh, there's some contention about this, but it seems that Mount Wheeler was named that after a guy who was famous for doing genocidal massacres. Stay classy, Australia. Totally, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I read this really good... Um, article called many were killed from falling over the cliffs which was in part about um naming different sites and it goes mm. over the history of mount wheeler and contentions about its names extensively so here's a little quote first appointed to the native police force in 1857 at the age of 27 frederick wheeler led a detachment known to have killed aboriginal people near brisbane during the early 1860s Senior colonial officials exonerated Wheeler as a, quote, valuable and zealous officer, despite clear evidence of his part in the massacres, and promoted him. Oof. Mistakes about Wheeler's service in the native police have been incorporated into popular historical accounts. In 1941, an article, The Inspector Disappears, was published in Brisbane's Sunday Mail magazine. Wheeler claimed the writer had, quote, been committing mass murder for almost 20 years. Wheeler's evil reputation became a byword among the colony's blacks and whites alike. Fucking hell. So this was a guy who was, like, promoted for doing mass murders, and then also he sort of goes into about, like, cover-ups um, that the government then did once some of this stuff sort of started becoming a bit more public. I mean, the like... idea that, like, even in colonial Australia, you make a name for yourself as a particularly evil mass murdering for bastard real. is, like, quite yes. a claim to fame. Which... uh leads on to some of the contention, which is that it's possible it was named after a completely unrelated wheeler who was just, like, a regular amount of colonial oh, violence. Cool. Yep. So that's probably fine. Getting election vibes for some reason. Yep. Yeah, this wheeler, or this other guy also named wheeler who also did genocides. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if that theory about Frederick Wheeler is correct, um, it's this mountain is named that because he led this genocidal massacre there, and specifically he led a charge that forced the victims to jump off a cliff, hence the title of that mm. piece. Um, and it's just absolutely tragic, and um, I think it's, I don't know, 
even though this is a positivity corner on, on some level about handing land back to traditional owners, I think it's important to like confront what it means to be dispossessed of that land in the first place. And yeah. like, this is what it means. It means killing hundreds of people and covering it up and then naming the place after the guy who did it. Yeah. And so I wanted to finish with this quote from a uh, Darumbal woman, Auntie Sally Veve. They treated killing us like a sport. This trauma has been passed down generations. We have stories of people with us today whose grandmothers and aunties saw these atrocities. Now we've got the massacre site back and there's been a settling inside me. I know we've done right by our old people who still live there in spirit. That really neatly sums up both the positive and also horrifying elements of that story, doesn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thanks a lot for taking us through that, Noon. Um, move on to something uh, a little lighter now. You fucked up. So one person who this has not been a good week for is Treasurer Josh Frydenberg, about whom I don't have a pithy joke right now. Uh, Paul from last week had him down. <laughs> Zach messaged me and was like, hey, is this joke anti-Semitic? And then before I responded, he was like, uh, if you have to ask, right? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It, yep. Anyway, it got deleted. Uh, from, uh, so, yeah, there was an opinion poll published from his seat last week, uh, which had him at 41 versus 59 to the independent challenger, Monique wow. Ryan, which is like, that's a pretty big gap. Um, it is a big gap. Yep. Very big gap. Caveat here that single seat polls are generally regarded as like pretty unreliable. It wasn't conducted by a major polling firm, as far as I sure. could, can, uh, as far as I could see. The sample size was like less than a thousand people. Uh, but having said all that, it doesn't look good. No. <laughs> for Friedberg. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his seat is Kuyong. It's in the inner east of Melbourne. It's pretty posh. Uh, and I find Frydenberg's kind of struggles on this local level pretty interesting because he's kind of regarded right. as this like quite solid performer in the Liberal Party. He's got a high profile. Obviously, he's the treasurer. He kind of gets wheeled out to like face the press when Morrison is like getting put on blast for whatever extraordinarily horrible shit that he's most recently yep. done. And he's like, we just need to put a friendly liberal face out there. And Frydenberg gets kind of like pulled out from yep. behind a screen. It's like, look at this guy. Someone, um, like, looks at Peter Dutton and is like, yeah, let's get Josh Frydenberg. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Frydenberg is like, you know, he's kept his nose pretty clean over the years. Sure. Um, although he does seem to campaign a little dirty, uh, which we will get into. Um, yes. So last well, election... Well, you're expected to throw a few dirty bombs in an election campaign, that's, Zach. That's very true. Personally, I only throw hot and fresh dirty bombs. You know how I do. Last election... <laughs> Frydenberg got a prime, primary swing against him of 8.2%, which is pretty hefty. If this trend continues, <laughs> hey. <laughs> Precisely. Uh, line go diggity down. As well as, so that was the lowest liberal vote in Kuyong in 97 years, which is like, wow. yeah, this man is breaking records. Um, that was against Green's celebrity candidate, Julian Burnside, who just as a side note wow. is a lawyer and could also fuck off because he has bad opinions. Yeah. So yeah, in that context of, you know, line going dickety down in Kuyong, <laughs> Friday has been doing some big old campaigning and uh -huh. it's getting him into a little bit of trouble. So people might've heard the big one this week was that his campaign circulated some election materials featuring an endorsement from the CEO of Guide Dogs Victoria, 
an extremely liberal supporting looking person called Karen Hayes. That's harsh, but fair. <laughs> I mean, there's something about the leopard print. I don't. Anyway, uh, this was both digitally and on printed flyers. Some and... people are going to get mad about that remark. <laughs> go, please go on. <laughs> I can feel myself entering dangerous territory. Put me on blast. I want to hear about it if you think that my opinions on this are wrong. <laughs> Leave uh, us a leopard print related review. Yeah. There was also look. It's the it's about it's the context of the leopard print. <laughs> There was also a video featuring Karen Hayes, uh, but it's been deleted, um, well, off Facebook. The ABC managed to get a copy and publish it before that happened. Nice, because, nice. Yeah, similar to, I didn't mention earlier that um, Vicious, horrible, transphobe, liberal candidate and fascist Ka uh, Catherine Deeves deleted yeah. her Twitter account after getting you know, several articles published about it, her horrible tweets. It was heavily implied. Yes. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh those are all archived, so just keep that in mind whenever <laughs> right. you tweet anything that people will always be able to find it. Uh -huh. um, yes. So charities aren't legally allowed to endorse or campaign against political parties, so this right. kicked up a bit of a stink, especially amongst people who had donated money to Guide Dogs Victoria right. <laughs> and didn't want to acknowledge Presumably the fact that it was being run by a horrible conservative. Far right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, a statement from Guide Dogs Victoria's board said that they had, quote, no prior knowledge of the distribution of this material and do not endorse it. Uh-huh. So, although Hayes is referred to as the CEO of Guide Dogs Victoria on these election flyers where she's like, I'm voting Josh Frydenberg because I believe in beating the shit out of minorities. It wasn't the organization itself doing the endorsement. So... It, it's just literally true that she happens to hold that job. It was unrelated to the ad, but it actually, you know, <laughs> if she was a baker, we would have written yeah. Karen Hayes Baker. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, it's unlikely that the Australian charities and not-for-profit not commission will do anything about this. Um, right. Because, but also that's because this is an organization that works on an issue that is in no way a political threat, and also it's about somebody endorsing a liberal candidate. It's not, for example, <laughs> right. get up right. endorsing a Greens candidate, in which case uh, 20 years jail, uh, jail, jail, jail for you, uh, or yep. you know, more accurately, getting disqualified from having charity status. Yep. Uh, Here's another different Frydenberg election material scandal that right. happened over the last seven days. His campaign put up posters featuring a picture of him saluting with a bunch of scouts. Yeah. And um, if you've seen this, like the ABC is running uh, like a photo of this photo because it was like, you know, printed and put up on these. It, not exactly a poster. It's like there's real estate boards. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And people, you know, they kind of get nailed out like the front of Like an industrial core flute or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They're like wooden. Anyway, uh, so someone has taken a photo of that. The ABC has used it. And it's Frydenberg surrounded by a bunch of children, scouts. And they're all giving the scout three-fingered salute, which, like, it's already looking like a little, you know, how you going? And then they have to blow the faces of everybody else on the thing, and it really makes it look like Frydenberg, it's like killed them or something. Like, <laughs> it looks like the photo that they use like for like a serial killer yeah, who'd gone on a yeah, rampage yeah. or something. Yeah, um, just very uh, unsettling stuff. But yes, one of the scouts in the picture complained, saying that they hadn't given their consent for the image to be used. And that's pretty cooked. Don't yep. use fucking children in your election materials if you haven't asked them and their parents if they're okay with it. 
uh, Frydenberg's office has said that they will cover up the photos with stickers. Which no doubt will look at least as good as the ABC blur. <laughs> Here's a bunch of <laughs> logos saluting. Yeah, just, just slap a Liberal Party logo over everyone Literally, else's I'm face. I'm sure that's what's happening, yeah. Yes. Not printing new stickers for this. <laughs> um, Yes. Furthermore, Scouts Victoria's guidelines specifically forbid their, quote, brand, our uniform, and youth members being used to support candidates and parties. So, yes. Yeah, cool. Very respectful from Josh Frydenberg and his team. Uh, also, the last thing I wanted to mention about the troubles of old Josh this week is that the ballot placements have been released. Oh. Yes. Um, and Monique Ryan got the number one spot. Josh Frydenberg Interesting. got the number seven spot. Holy shit. The two greatest words in the English language. Donkey. 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 Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. Noon in our electoral system bonus episode, you said that the, the number one spot on the ballot is worth something like 2% of the vote. That's the number that went around when I was doing activism. Um, I haven't seen research about it, but it sounds about right. The uh, uh, I think I read uh, an Australian Financial Review article that said it was somewhere between one and two. Um, yeah. Which, you know, if that's true... Frydenberg is only holding the seat with a 6% margin, so that's going to make his job roughly 33% harder. Quick maths. Um, also, this is completely unrelated. I learned from that same Australian Financial Review article, I don't know why I'm reading so many AFR articles this week, but I learned that the ballot numbers are drawn by a person wearing a fucking blindfold? Do you know about this? <laughs> no. Yeah, they do. It's ping pong balls with numbers on it. That's how, that's how the ballot numbers... That's how the ballots are drawn. <laughs> I mean... That seems very 19th century, but I don't hate it. No, I'm, like, in favor it of seem, it. Like, it's better than doing it electronically where there's, like, some randomizing yeah, function based like, on... Who's checking know. the blindfold? How do you know that <laughs> the person really can't see? blindfold? Yeah, well, I... yeah, but that's it. Are they, like, AEC-branded, like, basically blackout hoods? I know we've got some AEC wonks out there listening to this, people who love elections. If you have inside info about the ballot blindfold, that's a story that Ospol Snackpod wants to blow wide open. So, please, yeah. maybe you can consider more. sending us a potluck. Potluck, where you bring the snacks. Yeah, that's right. This is the section where a listener can send in a recording of them talking uh, for, we ask for roughly one minute, um, not too much longer than one minute, uh, about whatever you want. It can be about uh, politics, news, Ozpol, memes, uh, wacky whaling inflatable arm uh, tube guys. Powerful 3000 watt motors. Whatever you want to talk about. Um, and so here's one from long-term listener, friend of the show, friend, confidant, member of my inner sanctum, and crossword extraordinaire, Mac. They, they, they're a cross... They're, they're an they, extraordinary crossword? Uh, uh, that was cross in French. Crossword. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> extraordinaire, yeah. It was the, a silent... Still wrong. <laughs> Potluck. <laughs> Where you bring the snacks. Uh, well, that was an accident. <laughs> That's clearly the wrong footage. <laughs> Highly professional podcast. Here we go. 
Okie doke, okie doke, the helpful handyman. He's the one who gets things done throughout the land. Don't worry, cause here comes okie doke. And I... The friendliest of folks, <laughs> Mr. Okie doke. <laughs> Sorry, were you about to say something, Zach? Because I think that's pretty straightforward and doesn't really need any... Follow up, but if there was something you wanted to say, no, I was just gonna say it's time for shit post of the week. Yeah, so it's my great pain to announce that Adam Bant ruined my shit posting group. <laughs> <laughs> I was legitimately so mad about this for like three days. He actually is listening. Like when we were talking about this at the cafe yesterday, and New was not smiling. Like. <laughs> I I feel like there's been enough other posts since then that I've sort of gotten over it, but... No, I, tell, uh, how did Adam Bant ruin your shitposting group? Your carefully curated, over the course of years, shitposting group. Well, I posted a poll for what the group should change its name to for the election, mm-hmm. which for people who aren't long-term Ospol shitposting shitposters, we used to do that quite often before Facebook made it like a 28-day thing for name changes, and, mm. you know, the memes move quickly. Uh, you know, Brian Burston bloodboasting <laughs> didn't need a full 28 days, so uh, it, it, it tend to be a little more cautious with it nowadays. But, election, we've got plenty of time, it's gonna be the only story for like a fucking month. Yeah. So, we, I thought it's a good time to change it. Um, and I did a poll. There are a couple of good suggestions, uh, especially from Travis. Shoutouts, Travis. Um, the Unlosable Election Part 2, The Unloosening, which was the one that eventually won. Uh, Bill Shorten's 2022 Zinger posting, which I thought was pretty good. <laughs> Many others. Leading edge comedy. Yeah. Um, but there was also a suggestion from Adam Bant's Facebook page, which was, how about Greens? Smiley face. Um, written quite. I tried to pr- pronounce it aloud how it was written. I don't know how I did. Um, uh, I mean, I got the. Well, I don't know. I'm reading it as you've well. You've seen it, yeah. so yeah. Um, but for those people who haven't followed this saga, Vance Page joined Ospol shit posting a couple months ago. Um, and ever since, people have been tagging him and demanding he shit posts. And I know some of the more hardcore, dedicated members of Ospol shit posting have even been replying to recruitment texts and emails being like, I'll vote for you if you shitpost in Ospol shitposting. Um, which hasn't happened until debatably this poll. Mm. Um, yeah. So of course anyone went wild about this extremely mild post because we're a bunch of uh, liberal reformist latte sippers. Um, uh, Mickey Ray got some I'm voting Greens uh, stickers printed seemingly IRL they actually got it done with yeah. like a hemp leaf on it yep. and a the Greens logo um uh, uh good one Mickey there uh Alex uh did the scene from the Simpsons uh, we bad want votes now we small so pick please us the Greens and then Homer who is Adam Bant is yelling it but it's Greens stupid uh you want to take one of these Zach? Yeah, well, the the classic one of uh, Reverend Lovejoy at uh, Frank Grimes' uh, funeral, or Greamy, as he liked to be known. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, this one was just fresh off the presses. We we went to air. Uh, Chris Ritchie. Uh, it's you know Gandalf 
uh, outside Bilbo's hobbit hole. Yeah, and Bilbo's saying, we don't want any more intern staffers or PR strategists. And Adam Bant, who is Gandalf, says, how about Greens? And <laughs> <laughs> Bilbo comes out saying, Adam Bantolf! Which I have to say is a Credit where pretty it good is <laughs> memification there. Yeah. Chris is not one to rest on one's laurels. No, that's right. When it comes to However, I'm I'm sorry to announce that even if I wanted to give shitpost of the week to Adam Ban or let's be real, his staff is, which I don't, I couldn't because this wasn't even an original shitpost. It, that's right. <laughs> this is another case of the Greens taking credit for things. <laughs> uh, they stole a joke whole cloth from another post uh, from Nathan, who is seemingly a Green supporter, said, Adam Bant, come on. We've made the absolute easiest shitpost for you to coast in. Just slip some gre slip Greens into a social media post. Come on, man. It's not that hard. You're meant to be the people's shitposter. Um, and Kim said, I would love for him to legit just make a post saying Greens and nothing else. So... To the shitposting staff member of Adam Bant's office who stole this vanilla as fuck 2017 lump post, to you I say, step up your game. The Greens then followed up with two different websites, the first of which being www.greens.org.au forward slash greams. Like, literally, it's one of their official <laughs> website pages. It now redirects to Ospel shitposting, which... Thanks, I guess. Good. But yeah. And another, which seems to be like a temporary test page that uh, someone with access to their code set up uh, that copied the Greens website, but Control F replaced every instance of Greens with Greens. So you can just read their policy, but it all says the Greens believe in <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, and this is really, you know, getting deep in the iceberg of this <laughs> terrible shitpost. Band's social media team have also since then made several posts on Facebook and Instagram that originally said the Greens and were then a minute later edited to say Greens, um, so that only people who look extremely at the dedicated history of correct the posts. would notice. Yeah, and I have to say, technically, this is at least very good clickbait on the basis that I personally spent a while <laughs> going through his post looking for ones that had edit history. Uh, and I think another Greens member did this. Maybe it was Larissa Waters or someone. I couldn't be bothered remembering which one. And also since then, several Greens candidate pages have joined the group trying to get in on the, the second-hand refected glory. Yeah. And look, in conclusion, I have three things to say to Greens campaigners in Ospol posting. One, it's a bit thirsty, calm down. <laughs> Two, everyone in the group is pretty much already putting you first, either enthusiastically or reluctantly. It's not true. There are some Labour voters, but you know, we don't talk about that. Uh, it's definitely not the best use of your campaigning time. Anyway, yeah. And three, please sign up to our Patreon. Uh, an apology for ruining my shitposting group. It's <laughs> patreon.com forward slash Snackpod. And admittedly, the reason that there were several Greens-related puns in the list of patron supporters is because some people have already done this. So, follow their example. Donate to Ospol Snackpod. Well, Thanks for that, Noon. If you want a podcast, you gotta do a lot of shit. That's not technically podcasting. You still gotta do that shit. Please support us on 
Patreon. That's weird. I feel like I'm repeating myself. But yeah, no, that would be great. Also, uh, rate us and review us on Apple Podcasts, and you can also rate us on Spotify. But we would really love a review. It's been ages since we've had a review. If you're a Greens member who's already donating financially, just leave us a nice review as well. I mean, we're pretty much doing free advertising probably for you at this point. already love writing submissions. So. That's true. Yeah, just imagine that we're a government body trying to decide how much we should slash Ozpol Snackpod's funding by. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else? Uh, watch me stream games on Twitch. I haven't been doing it a whole bunch this week, but I probably will this week. So. You know, follow us on the socials. I'll post oh, social on, media. On the, yeah, on the platforms as well. We we tweet. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we Facebook share sometimes. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Cool. All right. Now it's time for a pop game. Or I'm at that cock pop date. I'm at that cock date. I meant that combination, pup date and cuck date. It doesn't have quite the right rhythm. Oh no, but... totally scanned. Oh, thanks, yeah, man. That's yeah. great. Just like all of my rhymes, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, my combination, cuck date and pup date, is that the the cat Luffy, who's been feature of many recent cuck dates, has been getting ever bolder in his death wish. Uh-oh. Um, he. Here I think go. I've mentioned repeatedly. He's been hanging out in the backyard, jingling loudly, and then escaping in the nick of time if bagel runs out to shriek him the other day playing with fire. I have, yeah playing with Shrieky a big shaped fire i me and bagel went out for a walk as is you are want to do usual custom correct <laughs> um and we came back and uh, we're just getting back to the into the room which is, you know, in the backyard, shed in the backyard. And Lufia stepped out, sort of sauntered out, and was like, oh, good afternoon, boys. Um, and then, like, bolted for safety. He, he was, like, <laughs> calm for, like, a full three seconds, and he was like, I guess I should start running now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, some Benny Hill shit. Luckily, Bagel was still on leash. Um, uh, but, like, if we were a meter closer, he would have been in... Yeah. Dire fucking straight. Yeah. And then... Today, no, it was this morning. We come back, came back for our walk, and he was in the other shed. Uh, that's immediately the adjacent shed. Adjacent shed, equally bad place for him to be. If he doesn't want to get well, that's of course jumped. why he's there. I mean, he's not supposed to be. Yeah, cats yeah. do love to spend their time sort of ambiently with their behavior, just saying, "I don't respect you." Fuck That's you and very and true. so on. Yeah, our other cat has taken recently to sleeping on the breadboard, so that's a perfect example of that. This is it, it's this is textbook breadboard esque behavior. Um, <laughs> they're like, oh, you don't want me to die? Interesting. I wonder if I'll hang out in the place where I'm most likely to die and hmm? ruin your life a little bit. What then? <laughs> what then, indeed? Yeah. Um. I also have a cuck date this week because Dante's been a pretty good boy and That's I don't nice. have much to report. Uh, he makes cute sounds when he dreams. Like, <laughs> I love those. I also love the falling asleep honk. That... <sighs> I'm not sure Dante <laughs> does that one, but that's the, very cute. The windows shut down noise for, <laughs> for dogs. Uh, but I thought I'd give, give a little update on two cats that live in an apartment behind my house. So I live in a two-story terrace house and I'm in the study right now and it's got a window looking out over the backyard and there's like a number of apartment buildings in view. Mm -hmm. And there's this one apartment 
sort of a couple houses away that has this very weird little box shaped window that only opens like it's clearly on like a chain or something or it's like a rotating window one that doesn't like open out like oh, a door i know what you mean it, it like, like spins like a secret bookcase or whatever oh it's more it's it, it kind of like it rotates like a log would rotate oh, yeah, yeah. but only like 15 degrees like my one yeah my, my one. like the slats interlacing yeah it's kind of a it's like a big slat essentially and very occasionally out from under that slat emerge two identical cats who come and poke the front half of their bodies out and their little paws hang over the window ledge and they just sit there the two of them staring at this enormous fig tree that's uh <laughs> Opposite them, which is usually stuffed right, to the fucking gills with birds. Yeah. And they just sit there, like, in exactly the same posture, not moving, staring at these birds, just hanging and out of the like window. Oh, this second story, story window. taller than yeah. the... Right. Than the tree? And they're No, like they're, 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 they're at eye level with the birds who are at the top I of the see. tree. I see. Yeah. Uh, and it's just very funny to be in here working and look over, and there's just kind of two cats hanging out of a window... Just Ten like meters away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so that's my cut date for this week. Uh, right. Thank you very much for tuning in, listener. Thanks, everybody. Um, yeah. Look, elections. Right. How do they work? More of this shit, you know. But uh, please send us potlucks, because you know I feel like people have opinions about uh, elections. You get excited. We love potlucks and hearing from you. I know I sort of already spruced you before, but like I think that would be a really nice addition to our election season if we could get some of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, giving us your thoughts. It's just tells the yeah. worst fucking election campaign ever. Like, it's just, it's so devoid of substance. It's so yep. full of hatred and bigotry. The worst people. Yeah, and it, it, like, the media has just, like, completely abdicated their responsibility for talking about anything meaningful. It's like climate doesn't even fucking come up. yeah it's like like, oh did one of these candidates who care about climate tick the wrong box on a form i guess australians don't care about climate change anymore i we've already finished the show we should uh, but anyway it sucks tell us about other cool stuff that's happening you know yeah uh we want to know in the meantime take it easy keep on snacking in the free world we'll catch you next week crunch crunch